0: back to the podcast. This is the Coaches Rising podcast and it's uh, we're going to be speaking to master coaches and people outside the field of coaching too. I remember when I was a DJ in a former life and I used to play drum and bass for a while. I loved it in nightclubs too. Now oh, it's great times but the drum and bass was this very innovative kind of music but at some point it it started to kind of reference itself only. So it became very insular. And then it kind of died a bit, you know, it became kind of boring. And that is what I want to do with this podcast. You know, I want to, yes, speak to coaches, but also I want to speak to inspiring people doing innovative transformational work outside the field of coaching so that we can keep it fresh and innovate the field. And so in this Conversation today. I'm talking with Kareem Hirani, and Kareem is the senior director and head of practice at BTS, and BTS is a company that does uh, strategy execution, business development, and leadership development um, with companies around the world. I think he mentions L'Oreal and Xerox today. You know, so they have hundreds of coaches who work for them, coaching leaders, and I thought this is brilliant because. You know, that 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 this is like, one of the things we want to do in this podcast too is like sense what's emerging in the field. And so Kareem is connected to a very rich informational field, these businesses that they work with. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a number of things today. Like we'll talk about what approach did they take to coaching? They have done thousands and thousands of hours of coaching with leaders. And then they have analyzed the kind of meta principles underneath those conversations to see what created transformation. They came up with these four mindsets that they see underpinning um, a lot of what leaders need to embody. uh, The be mindset, relate mindset, think mindset, and inspire mindset. And we'll talk about what those are. But we'll also talk about what's the kind of meta principle that helps a client to shift from a reactive mindset into one of those mindsets. And we'll talk about the role of the coach in that process. What does Kareem see as being essential qualities that coaches need to embody? And beyond that, we'll talk about, yeah, what does he sense emerging in the field? They're noticing they're getting um, different kinds of requests from companies now about the work they want them to do with leaders. And we'll talk about, yeah, like the bigger picture, like what's the future of coaching? What's emerging in these times where this pandemic is creating such a disruption in the world? So it's a really rich conversation. I just vibe with Kareem. I really um, feel a kindred spirit when I speak with him. I think that comes through in the conversation. And so, um, as I mentioned, um, Kareem is... The um, He's a senior director and head of practice for coaching, and he's also, um, you know, being the global head of learning and development uh, within BTS. He's also the author of the book, The Four Greatest Coaching Conversations, Change Mindsets, Shift Attitudes, and Achieve Extraordinary Results. So we'll dive in, but as usual, if you would be up for sharing this podcast, I'd be very grateful uh, you can find the share buttons on our homepage, coachesrising.com uh, forward slash podcast. You go to the individual podcast pages there and you can find share buttons and um, if you'd uh, leave reviews and things like that. And then let's dive in. Here's the podcast with Kareem Hirani. Kareem, it's, it's so um, good to speak with you. We had a, a wonderful conversation I don't know, maybe three weeks ago or something, but I, I I, just just felt such an affinity with you and the work you do. So I'm really excited to be speaking with you and, and putting it out on the podcast as well. So how are you doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you say that, Joelle, I just feel that connection that we had last time and that kind of energy that got sparked up through our dialogue. So yeah, looking forward to our conversation and kind of open seeing where it goes like it did last time and yeah curious open excited about our time today
0: yeah so let's um let's just start with a bit about the work you do you work for bts and maybe you could just share about what that company does and you know we'll talk about the approach that you take to coaching as well
1: yeah beautiful so um just a very briefly maybe step back so we, we started uh, as a coaching uh, company initially about 15 16 years ago uh, and our whole philosophy was democratizing coaching so how do we turn it on its head so it's not just for executives but but also for you know leaders at all levels of uh, organizations who can benefit from the power as we know of coaching um so we started there and in about um 12 years later, we'd grown quite considerably, considerably and, and then formed a partnership with BTS who then acquired us. Uh, so we've been BTS for the last three years or so. Um, so the, the approach that we were experimenting with initially, which seemed to have taken off was around how do you work with mindset or worldview? Um, and then with BTS, they have a view about change. So BTS is a consultancy. Um, And they work with FTSE companies to do a range of activities from business simulations through to leadership. Um, And uh, central to their philosophy is in order to change, you have to work with alignment, mindset and capability. Um, And so the the alignment around mindset was uh, a key connection uh, between the two organizations. So we slotted right in into the mindset and brought our research in as much as our coaching. So BTS has... You know, several practices uh, i have that include coaching now uh, but also assessment um so i are saying the business simulations and and how we integrate them across these different practices um, is it's very powerful so for example if you're working in a simulated business environment how do you bring coaching into that so that a leader who's looking into the future of the business and where it wants to go it's not just a focus on the business dimension uh, you know the numbers the financials but it's also how do I show up uh, how do I lead and you know, how do I challenge myself in this environment to practice um, a new world view a new way of looking a new way of behaving so that's some of the kind of integrations we're doing within BTS with coaching and different parts of the business but some exciting times at the moment are much needed as well
0: yeah, totally, totally. So I, I love the sound of that business simulation with coaching. So is it like role playing, and yeah. then you're you're inviting them to apply different coaching tools or approaches? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. What they do is they um, effectively spend about six months, pretty much uh, engineering the business. So from you know what are the financials, what are the different departments in the business, and they kind of create this environment. Um, and the purpose then is how do we use that environment to practice as leaders the strategy that we're trying to achieve? Um, And so you kind of come into a room potentially with 500 or 1,000 people, which is now virtual, um, and then start experiment with, you know, aligning against the strategy. And of course, you know, on a business level, you know, that's making sure you're thinking about you know, me and my function, how does it interconnect with another function in the business? Because sometimes if you're early in your leadership, you might be thinking about your own worldview. But how do I think about the worldview of, you know, sales and marketing, you know, when I'm thinking about delivery of my product? So you're kind of expanding. So what's beautiful about these simulations is it starts to already broaden perspectives. And then of course, you've got the nature of leadership that shows up. So when people are in these small tables, um, you know, you'll see people talking over each other, you not know, particularly empathizing or um, getting in triggered <laughs> by the choices that are making. So we step in with what we call table coaches um, and invite people to stop and look at, hey, you know, what's going on here? What's the dynamic at play and how does that then relate to, you know, going after the strategy that the business is trying to reach? So it's quite a, you know, exciting collaboration between coaching and, and business leadership. Um, you know, and for, for me, they're both interconnected anyway, um, but now we've got an explicit intervention around each. Uh, yeah. So that's one area where it's going, but yeah, lo- loads of other integrations that are happening within this new business that we're in.
0: Some of the most fun and effective um, coaching I did um, was similar to what you're describing. I think we would do simulated role plays with yes. certain objectives and scenarios, and then... I would be there as a coach, and we would do timeouts, you know, at certain yeah, points, and it. and in the, you could give in the moment feedback to the leaders yeah. in the room, and yeah. um, you know there could be kind of a peer coaching approach yeah. as well, and it was incredibly impactful
1: to those leaders. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the impact, because it's so live in the moment. So, you know, in a coaching conversation, you could talk about the objective or the goal or the focus and the experiment they want to do afterwards. Whereas here, you're in it live and you're pausing life in the moment to say, hey, what's going on right now? You know, what do you notice about yourself? And then how do you, as you go back into the next moment, kind of shift so that you can show up differently. So there's an aliveness because you're faced with your demons right up front in the moment. Um, and there's no hiding from it. Um, so, yeah, a lot of opportunity to work in the moment um, with people. So very similar to what you said, it's like a time out. Um, and we might do some pre-leadership kind of development workshops um, to help people just to start to articulate uh, for themselves. You know, what, what is it that gets them in not the great place they can be as a leader? You know, what, how do they stop relating to others? So there's some awareness building. And then you kind of go into these scenarios where you live practice and go, right, here's your chance. So for the coach, it's like, hey, remember, we talked about this, what's going on right now? Um, and it really develops that meta awareness because you now, you know, you've got this in the background. Um, the coach being present kind of reminds you <laughs> that I'm going to be asked to reflect. Um, so that becomes quite a powerful way in which to really activate people living some of their changes that they want to make.
0: Yeah. Yeah just just to listen to i mean that you can bring that in one on one if you're coaching yeah. someone get someone to role play a conversation yeah. in the exactly. moment with you that that's important and yeah. you can offer feedback and so yeah. so you also have coaches working with you
1: yeah like yeah. coaching yeah. leaders in an organization how many coaches work with bts yeah. so right now globally we have about 300 associates yeah. um, working with us and so some of them will work within this what we call leader lab or kind of laboratory of learning about leadership um, with these simulations. Um, But then they also continue to do the one-to-one work with leaders. Uh, So we'll work directly just um, uh, on a, it may be a strategic uh, goal that the business wants to have and the coaching will support that. Um, And it's very much about how do you meet the business direction with the human being um, you know so what needs to shift in you as the business it goes in one direction or another um, so it's a beautiful dance that feels quite systemic um, in that you know the business is shifting you know how do you shift you know in, in alignment with that and focus on the key um, again i know we'll come to mindset in a little while but um, you know what are the mindsets that are up for you that you need to work on in order to take yourself forward as a leader in uh, your work and the impact you'd like to have uh, within and beyond the organisation.
0: Yeah, because this is something really, I think, that can be valuable for our audience. It's like, you know, you've got 300 coaches out there uh, working with leaders in this kind of environment you've described uh, or or approach, and, you, you know, you've got really invaluable insights about what what works with leaders and and yeah. what they're asking for and also yeah. you've written this book i think it's really cool and, and you've done research so yeah. we, we could talk a bit here about like what what are you finding is effective in creating lasting change you mentioned mindsets and
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: we would just take us where you want to go with that
1: question yeah that that's a kind of mindset probably a great segue into a, the, the broader conversation around change um so when we first started, um, we, we weren't performance coaches, and by that, and I know there's so many definitions, you know, but we weren't focused on goal behavior change. We were, you know, what needs to change within in order to have an impact out there. And so we we were doing things um, that involved working with the mindset, and maybe helpful to share what we mean by mindset, because so many definitions around. But for us, it's not um, in the mind. It's it's mind with the kind of more Buddhist sense, kind of the, the capital M, it's the whole of ourselves. So it's our thoughts, our feelings, our physiology. And what we noticed when we first started coaching leaders is inviting leaders to really look at what's the mindset that I'm in, that I'm operating in, when things aren't going the way that I'd like it to be. You know, what drives it? What are the thoughts and the beliefs, the patterns, you know, that shows up in my physiology? Um, and then... And how do I shift and connect to something that's greater, that's higher in me? Um. so very early on, that was our approach to coaching. And we developed some really lovely research around the critical mindsets that we found leaders making. So this is what went into the book. Um, so very simply, what we noticed was there were kind of four areas that kept coming up over and over again. So we had, you know, we coached probably about 50,000 leaders over the years and hundreds of thousands of coaching conversations where um, we confidentially looked at the data. So just to analyze themes. um, And what we saw that there were themes around resilience, confidence, uh, being able to be at my best. And underneath that, there was just a very fundamental mindset that shifted for each of those kind of symptoms. Almost think about as root cause and symptoms. So several symptoms in leadership Um, and then there was a fundamental mindset at the heart and over time we found there were probably about 20 leadership challenges that kept coming up 20 or 30 um, ranging from you know conflict through to being connected to my purpose uh, to inspiring um, to innovation but underneath there were through those probably four very common mindsets that kept coming up over and over again and so what we did with the book was we um shared that research the insights and what were those mindsets the quadrants that they belong to um and then how do you work with changing mindset um you know how do you understand when someone's presenting an issue what might be the mindset at the heart of that and and then how you know it was a mix of shifting mindsets you know a bit about transformational coaching which is another area I know we could explore um and then, what are some tools that help, you know, people to articulate or have the right language in order to shift? Um, yeah. And as yeah, and as people shifted, I think that was our success is that we found people having really great sustainable behaviour change in how they showed up in the world. Um, and so we wanted to continue that kind of democratizing, democratizing of coaching. So we put it into book. We train leaders to work with those mindsets as well. So that's where it started to get really exciting when these kind of themes started to emerge around root cause mindsets and the leadership challenges that people face today.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe you could name the mindsets and let's talk about like, what what is it that helps create the shift,
1: but what are the mindsets? Yeah, so, and and there's two really clear questions there. So one's, what's the mindsets? And then two, how how do you shift a mindset? So some, some beautiful stuff out there and we've learned from our experience, and just to name, there's some amazing coaches that practice some of these ideas and we've tested and learned. So I want to acknowledge them uh, in this as well. But the, the four mindsets that were the most common and we found actually a handful more, which is also in the book, but the four critical ones um, were number one, the B mindset, uh, which. For me, is a, it's in my words would be a, the, the resilience mindset, the resourcefulness mindset. And how do you shift that mindset um, to go from a state of what we call, you know, not at my best or in the box to being more resourceful? Um, Mm -hmm. I'll talk about the technology of mindset change in a moment, but that was what that conversation was about. And then the second one was the relate uh, area. And this was about how do I in relationships um, shift from. You know, when, when you're in a dynamic, whether it's conflict or whether it's influencing or whether it's wanting to have a great conversation, you know, coaches will know about this. Um, and how do I really step into their world to empathize and to be with and meet the human being? So that the relate conversation was very much shifting the mindset around empathy. Um, the inspire one uh, was about how do I connect with my sense of values and purpose um, rather than the you know get caught in my task or in my day-to-day um, so that third shift was around values and purpose and connecting with what is really true for me you know in my highest self um, and then the fourth conversation was about innovation um, so how do i shift from like kind of uh, what we call rivers of thinking that's kind of solve business challenges the same way to really letting go and being curious uh, and open to seeing the world in a new way so what we then articulated in the book is here's you know some of the dialogues that we've had um around each of these that's really helped and here's how we actually go about helping someone to move from one world view to another world view um, and that's quite an exciting place to talk about as well but yes and mm. i'll pause for a moment just see if there's anything else joe well, just, yeah, presumably you can see how these all
0: connect together as well. Yeah. Like that they're, they probably influence each other. If you shift in one, it might create a shift in another, Excellent. or there's a holistic sense when I, when I see that. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a great spot. So, you know, just as a very simple connection, you know, when you're doing innovation, um, you know, you have to be connected to a sense of purpose. You know, the big part for me is, sustainable innovation you know so how do i connect to the right question that's close to my heart close to the heart of humanity so that that for me is the connection to the inspire conversation and it's really important to be connected to your purpose you know it's connected to the relate conversation because you deeply need to listen and tune in to our environment you know to customers but also to people in developing worlds you know if i'm a corporate that's using labor in other countries how do i really listen to that perspective as i'm innovating a new solution hopefully a sustainable solution and of course the b one is it's very frustrating innovation because you're grappling with um you know something that's not created yet and you know grappling with your old worldview. so how do i manage my state you know and be with that frustration because it's a very powerful moment of frustration that allows something new to emerge so you know so there's a connection to the b mindset so yeah they're they're very interrelated um so whilst they're each an explicit conversation there is a holistic nature to all of them as well Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and um i'd love to know yeah what 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 have you found is it that helps shift like i'm wondering if there are different approaches in each of those four mindsets or if there's like a meta (laughs) <laughs> shifting move you know like presence yeah. or something like that yeah what yeah what have you found that helps
1: yeah Cheryl, yeah, Ger- i am finding you're tuning into the questions that feel so right as well um so i'd say that there's that there is a meta view across all of them and then within the book we've looked at how does that you know kind of um show up in each of the conversations specifically so that there's a specific sh- um way in which we apply that meta view of mindset change so I think it'd be interesting to talk about the meta view um, first and then you know the book has tools and uh, and ways in which you can apply it and, and the meta view and what's passionate for me is it it I'd probably start with um maybe something a little bit provocative around it because when you look at neuroscience right now you know it it explicitly is now starting to show you know it's not that we're interpreting the world through colors and you know we'll see one shape or color in one context and then another the same shape will look different in another context I think it's also true the way we look at the whole of our experience um, I think it might be worth just sharing an example that feels tangible <laughs> as well Great. so people can catch it so um this is quite alive because it happened this morning with my daughters because of course I'm getting ready to go to this webinar with Peter Hawkins and Eve Turner around the Climate um, Alliance. And my daughter's woken up in a really bad mood and she doesn't want to, um, she doesn't want daddy to go. And you know, so I'm caught in a mindset, um, <clears throat> which is, oh no, she's getting in my way, she's, she's being awkward. And my whole world view in the way I see her is, you know, here's a problem I need to solve. Um, Now, that worldview then has its own impact and results, you know, and parallel it to organizations as well. But the impact is I'll then say to her, hey, come on, you've got to get ready, get out. Um, Equally, she will then react back. It's quite a fiery one, my five-year-old. She'll fire back and say, no, that's it. I'm going to scream even louder now to get your attention. And we're in this horrible cycle. But that worldview then self-prophesizes, you know, it is going to be a horrible day now. Alternatively, I can shift into or catch myself and I'll talk about that journey of change, the meta change. But I did catch it, thankfully, this morning and I did think, oh, this is potentially might come up as an example today. Um, And just for a moment felt the kind of the relate shift, you know, hang on, here's my child who's upset, doesn't want daddy to go. And just feeling my heart soften towards her and say, hang on, she's just screaming out for a bit of time. Um, I have, you know, I can waste half an hour in this to and fro, but I've got five minutes just to sit and chat to her. And and we did. I said, Hey, what's up? Uh, you know, and it was like, I don't want you to go. And I was like, okay, I don't, I'm going to miss you too, my sweetie. Um, you know, why don't you want daddy to go? Cause I want to play. I'm not going to school today. I want to play. So, okay, what can we do? Because daddy has to, you know, go to work today. He's got some things to do. And, and through that, you know, we had a little, Conversation and we agreed after the end of the day we're going to play some, some little board game she loves. But the, the the mindset or the world view there was um, really feeling into who she is, you know, rather than my story about her. Um, and in that, you know, my behaviour changed, my connection to her changed. So I've got these two world views, and then the meta story is how do we shift? Um, And so I think the first step is to kind of almost be conscious or expose the worldview. So, what I'd be doing is almost like a step one is, hey, I'm in this mindset that seeing my daughter is, you know, something that's in the way, you know, something that's in the way. And the moment I can expose that and go, wow, I'm seeing it like that. And certainly in coaching, once you expose it, what you're doing here is you're inviting the coachee to articulate. Hey, what's going on in that worldview? So tell me the thoughts, tell me your reactions, tell me your uh, physiological responses. And, and so you're just inviting the coachee to really uproot the worldview through which they're seeing. Um, and that often gets missed because people talk about, you know, let's get them into a better place. But, you know, you're meeting them in the place they're in. And what I notice is, as you expose it, one's own consciousness starts to see, hang on. And I'm starting to objectify this person or I, you know, I'm seeing it as something that's getting in the way of my need and my control. And so in the exposing, the awareness itself starts to catch. Actually, something's not okay here. So it's the first step um, in terms of the meta process. I think the second step, um, you know, certainly this morning, I probably did it a little bit more unconsciously, but in a coaching session, it's inviting people to see, well, what, what's the payoff of that and what's the cost of that? You know, it was the, the, the cost is, you know, probably going to actually waste more time. Um, cost is they're you know, probably going to not have a great morning. Uh, she's not going to have a great morning. Um, and you can go broader. You know, it's probably going to impact my wife and, you know, they're going to go out and, you know, she's going to be in a little bit of a mood. So, you know, you can broaden the impact. Um, and what we're doing here is like a sense of kind of letting go of the old um, through understanding it. And, you know, what would be helpful instead? So in that second step, you're kind of looking at, hey, what are you going to die to here? Um, And what needs to wake up in you? And so we're not telling the coachee, hey, that's bad. This is good. It's like, what are you noticing? You know, what's not helpful? What's a better way? You know, and allowing the coachee to kind of say, hey, actually, I feel, you know, maybe I'm not empathic here. Maybe I'm not feeling my daughter's perspective. You know, and I might, as a coach, say, hey, I'm noticing there's not a lot of empathy towards this person who you love uh, or who you care about in your business um, if it's a client situation. Um, so we kind of invite that broadening of um, perspective. So what would be more helpful? You know, what's a more helpful way of looking at this? You know, actually, she's just a kid She's missing her dad. You know, she wants to play. And, and suddenly that worldview sees so differently from the reactive one um and so in the third step we're almost asking people to embody it you know so Mm -hmm. what is that world of you like if you're really being your dad or a great leader and what does that feel like you know what's the experience of that show up like in your body and now what are you going to do you know so it's not mental you know of course just be nice to her and get her out (laughs) it's actually i'm just going to spend a few minutes and make connection with her you know the behavior changes from that mindset and then suddenly the impact is massively different as well. So those, those three kind of meta steps kind of set at the heart of each of those conversations. That you know there's various tools like you can do some perceptual positions from NLP to really shift into the other perspective. But whatever technique you have, it's really inviting that movement through those stages. You know, which I think is at the heart of you know, nature. You know, caterpillar to butterfly. You know, one worldview to another worldview. You know, the other world allows me to fly um, but I do have to go through the pupa you know there's a letting go a dissolving and then allowing something new to emerge so there's a kind of broad paintbrush around mindsets and changing them
0: yeah I I, I think it's wonderful that you articulate this kind of meta journey of, of shifting because um, you know you could you could see it from um, a neuroscientific perspective, yeah. but also, also from, you know, you mentioned awareness itself. Yeah. Um, yes. There's something in that, you know, but I just yeah. thought of like Dan Siegel talking about the plane yeah. of possibility and how, yeah. you know, yeah. um, we can get identified in these peaks yeah. of experience, you know, where we all recognize that, where it's like suddenly our nervous system's activated. Yes. Uh, we've kind of reified a certain, um, yeah. you know, interpretation of yeah. how things are, and and then everything yeah. tightens up, you know. Yeah. And we're fixated, we're reactive. You described it, and something when he talks about accessing the plane of possibility, which is this, you know, awareness, the the hub of his wheel of awareness. So, yeah. You know, um, what yeah. that begins to open up, you know, how actually yeah. it allows us to relax or to shift to something yeah. where things start to move again. Yeah. And a yes. new something new becomes possible, you know, like a new perspective or a a new insight, you know, suddenly I can take the perspective of my daughter. Whereas before I was reactive in my own. So yeah, I I, I really appreciate how you describe this meta view. And I think maybe it's very explicit for coaches listening or not. Maybe it's implicit. Maybe people recognize it in what you're talking about. But um, I think as the coaching field matures, yeah, it's like we're we're starting to codify in some sense these these yeah. moves, you know, and and this third move you talk about where you embody mm. that new way, you know, it's not just yeah. an idea, but it's actually what is it to embody this, and you know, just so often, so yeah. often in my coaching clients, it's like that, like you said, once they catch themselves, mm. awareness starts to kind of change things. It's not like they have to make a change happen it's like the change starts to happen and then with the shift like a new the new um the creativity comes in yeah it's like suddenly it's like oh now i see this course of action or this insight and it's more it's more mature or it's got a higher level of um, wisdom and compassion inside of it
1: yeah beautiful yeah. I mean, th- w- one of the things I keep talking about with these four shifts is it's about conscious leadership, which is h- how we're positioning this, that th- true, um, you know, becoming aware of the-, the patterns, you know, the contractions, you know, some personality that I reify inside my mind, um, you know, as I become aware of it and let go, um, something new emerges that you know has, as you say, wisdom, you know, for me to think you know mindset shift is, is very much linked to wisdom you know there's compassion which is linked to the relate uh, area you know there's a sense of um what's the way kind of a state of almost relaxation and availability or presence in the b quadrant um and then in the inspire one there's a sense of p- purpose you know so for me as you practice you know those possibilities i love what you said about dan siegel the possibility space opens up and and then you can respond from a different place different worldview. and the more you embody it and let it kind of translate into your feeling and your experience inside it's like this this state starts to really kind of almost manifest and show up and if you imagine a leader that is really connected with a sense of purpose or to the humanity of another you know, that the whole behavior and interaction changes so there's a real power of that which also links Joelle to one of the questions that you said around you know what is it that the coach can bring to that that supports that shift you know what's the capacity um, but yeah let me pause because I, I, I know with well yeah starting, um, well, each other with the dialogue yeah
0: let, let's just pick up that question you just kind of dropped in there like what, what do you see as being important that the coach okay. can bring in that can support yeah. this work. Yeah.
1: you know I'm gonna probably say something a little bit um different from what might be expected, but also come back to what might be expected here. So I, I noticed from so we've worked with leaders and coaches in using these um ideas in the coaching. And I think the first thing was just the, the graft it took to learn, you know, the nature of change. So we, we would effectively show people these change processes, ask them to practice, you know, a bit like riding a bike, you know, initially, can you know what the wheel is, you know, the power of really embodying, or can you know what the brake is, you know, really working with that element. So I think just learning this, the art form as a skill, and then we would insist that it's quite challenging, but go and let it go, you know, let the whole thing go and meet the human being in front of you. So I think the first thing is that um, the, the skill practice But the second and more profound thing is the presence of the coach. Um, You know, I noticed even in today's uh, call, I was listening to Peter, how do I bring a presence of everything into the room? So this human being, their interconnections, their roles, the humanity, the planet. And I think in that space, you know, that that plane of possibility starts to become really vast. Um, And so for me, the practice of a coach is, develop that mindful presence so that what needs to show up what's the shift that's coming up here can really be made uh, possible because you're allowing it with your coachee Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's the other practice for me is developing that mindful presence as a coach.
0: I'm curious how you invite your um, the people, the coaches that work for you to do that, maybe they all have yeah. their own practice. Cause yeah. I, I just, to, as a backup, it's like, you know, listeners of this yeah. podcast will know I'm, I'm such an advocate of <laughs> presence as a, as a kind of um, capacity that, that we can hold yeah. which in and it's in and of itself can begin to activate yeah. a yeah. sense of kind of movement in our clients. And it's what makes it being for me like transformational coaching where It's like, I've got the tools, but they're not primary. It's like primary is my presence and my attunement to my clients in the moment. You know, if I'm just, if I'm caught in holding my tools and trying to fit them through through the tools, it's like, it can actually create more distance between me and my clients. And I'm, I'm actually trying to fit them into a kind of, um, you know, framework. And so, and diminishing the kind of organic complexity that they are. So, Um, nevertheless tools are brilliant you know like the the distinctions Mm. that you described about these mindsets and the the meta principles are like potent distinctions that i can recognize so but it's like that's a yeah so i'm holding like presence as a kind of primary yeah factor so maybe you can riff on that if you want or or like you know how you invite people to cultivate
1: presence yeah it's a great question um I mean, uh, you know, and, and what I notice is, is, is this kind of dance between, you know, discriminating awareness, you know, so how do I discriminate what's showing up in this space, you know, which is what the four perspectives are, but I absolutely align. The, the primary is that that is within the presence, you know, and so hopefully your intuition or the clarity from your mind says, Hey, they're talking about this. Um, and you can invite that into the room. Um, and how do we develop presence? I mean, that there are such great world leaders out there in the field of presence. I mean, as you know, with our community, um that there are a lot of, you know, a lot of our strongest coaches just naturally have their own practice of mindfulness or something equivalent, something can connect to consciousness or spirituality that kind of allows them to then be present. Um, you know, and we try and bring in people, you know, into our community. So we, you know, we had I know we talked last time, Joelle, about Doug Salesby and how we're both fans of the late Doug Salesby, and Mm. um, so we brought in people like him, several, um, and and then we also talk a bit about vertical development. So you know, with, with vertical development, the level of identification with what you take yourself to be reduces. So you know, those things we attach to, as I lose grip of them, you know, I settle into this space in which I can. Be present and show up in the room. So I think there's, you know, it's it's a mix of bringing the world of thought leadership into the community. There's a lot of beautiful coaches, um, you know, leadership development facilitators who have their work as part of it. Um, And then I think it's, you know, bringing insight and thinking so that we're constantly challenging ourselves to keep exploring that question of presence development and whether that's a spiritual practice or a mindfulness practice. And I think you can't help it. You know, I notice as our associate community evolves with us and in their own way, that becomes so obvious. That's the work, um, you know, that I can then show up you know, in the room with my client. Yeah. Uh, um, I'd love to ask you about, because I think
0: this fits with the times we find ourselves in.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: you know, I, I um, the of course, the, the coaching field is, situated within these times we find ourselves in as as the business world is and many other aspects of humanity. And I wonder, um, there's there's several questions I could ask around this, but um, yeah, maybe I could ask like, how do you see the context of coaching changing um, this year, even, you know, with um, the pandemic that's hit and um You know, do you see your clients mm. asking you and your company for for different things, or um yeah. you know, are, or or is it pointing to how some of the things you do are even more important? Like, what yeah. what do you see emerging in the field?
1: Yeah, like, I guess great, great question. Um, <clears throat> so, almost feels like kind of two levels to answer this. So, what 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 I notice first is, and um, um, so we've made our own connection to those quadrants. So, start with that one so we're noticing certain clients talking about wow the stress levels our health and well-being the mental health that's happened through COVID and the pandemic you know can we have some coaching support around that so can that area feels really relevant you know the relate space around connection in a virtual setting you know we're all working away from each other Um, so there's lots of conversations that we have with clients who are asking for how do you create connection you know and the importance of it has become even louder because we're now not as physically connected. Um, And the thing that's emerging now more is coming back to our purpose. Um, So I'm noticing a lot of our clients now going, we really need to make a step change in that. And that's always been around, you know, purpose stuff, but it feels like it's really got louder. So there's quite a lot of work we're doing around um, helping people to find their leadership purpose, their value system. That seems to have got louder my, my own narrative around that is you know, how do we, it's because I think organisations are coming back to, you know, what is important, you know, and noticing the impact organisations have in society. Um, and of course, innovation, you know, the market's changing, customer needs are changing. So how do we now innovate to keep up? Otherwise we go down because our old product strategy just doesn't work anymore. So I think that's one lens um, to, to answer that question from. The other lens, I think, is I, I noticed that there are some who have gone into, you know, that old mindset of we need to try harder, work harder, go faster um, as a reaction. And and there are those that have stopped and almost going through their own change curve of, hang on, that may not be right. Now, maybe there's something more about consciousness, leadership, um, you Now how that shows up in words that I see are, we need to be more compassionate with our people more compassionate with our people or kinder towards our people um you know in in the uk i saw our our, um one of our ministers talking a lot about kindness as a government which is you know and it came up quite a few times so that systemic theme feels around you know it's on my street as well it's a lot more kindness so it feels like there's almost feels like a bit of a split between the two um it's my experience of, of our clients um and it, it's interesting to see which ones will make it through it or not um and in the kindness or the the more conscious space around purpose around relating to our employees our workforce and the caring for the people who are suffering with you know, job threat or even job loss um that shift seems to be creating a more softer heart, heartfelt workplace and hopefully society as well but I see both trends really relevant, really present, you know, um, from, from the work that we do.
0: I think this is really important. So I can, yeah, I can get like, it's like there's, there's some people who are like doubling down on the, like, we need to work harder, kind of form higher okay. kind of vibe. And then it sounds, yeah, there's other people who are, yeah. you know, saying, well, yeah, resilience is important or well-being is important. Kindness is important. And you said more kind of a heart centered. And like why I think this is important is because, you know, we're we're in this inquiry with coaches rising of like, who who are we becoming? And um, what, what, what's the world becoming? And, um, you know, in a way sensing into that, just like not coming in with like any sense of we, we have the answers, but, Um, recognizing where we do hold wisdom, uh, but also sensing in. And that's why I really value our conversation because you're, you're like connected to a whole network, a whole system of nodes of, of information, you know, people out there working with people. And, and so you're, you're like, um, you're, you're sort of sensing certain things that are emerging. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I think what you say there around, you know, we're inquiring into who we are. It feels like all these things that are happening. So COVID now feels like a bit like history in one sense, because there's been the diversity and inclusion stuff since then. There's, you know, now the climate change has come back to to the, you know, with even more vigor. Um, and so I think this kind of critical turning point of consciousness feels like it's surfaced um, through this and that wider question of, What what are we? What are we contributing? What are we doing in the world uh, when we hold it all? And it it feels like a really lovely birth and death moment. Um, But, you know, as birth and death is, it's it's a mixture of contractions and expansion that can be really tough to negotiate. Um, I feel like we're in that, you know, and holding up the mirror to draw, we're asking the question that says, Hey, there's all of this. How are we going to really respond to this rather than, default back into the the way that got us here in the first place um so really it feels quite you know through the work we do yes i have a lovely opportunity to see some of these patterns and it feels systemic you know go up a level like that critical opportunity stroke destruction point is right in 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 our faces right now
0: What what do you think is um, being? Who are we being invited to be? You know, yeah, like as yeah. as coaches or as
1: leaders in business. Yeah, you know? great question. Yeah, so I, I just noticed that just touches my heart, um, mm. yeah. and I, and I noticed Joelle that maybe that question itself just feels like it touches me. It's you know I think that's the question that like, who, who do we want to be now, as opposed to the story or the cultural pattern that's brought us to this point. I think the act of asking that question feels really loud. Like, who are we? What what products are we really gonna create? That impact society that, you know, I think though that question is, is the very conscious question that touches me. Um, and, you know, the, the, the lens that sometimes I hold is the vertical development lens on that. You know, and I don't know some people listening in will know about this, but there's a particular shift that happens from being caught by that kind of business growth, trying to get somewhere, trying to win in the marketplace, get the biggest consumer share, etc. I think that world view is getting challenged to a more, hey, there's human beings here, there's a heart, there's you know, there's a planet. And I think all the voices of that allowed you know the human beings in the form of diversity and inclusion the planet in terms of climate change i think it's calling us to wake up something more deeper into ourselves and i think that question invites the emergence of that uh, yeah. into the fore yeah I, I love what you say there like
0: because actually it tunes me into how how it's here now yeah. in in this in this conversation between us Yes. And so I feel a sense of um, inspiration mm-hmm. and and kind of resonance mm-hmm. and flow. And it's as if like that, I think this might be one of the shifts. It's as if like mm-hmm. there's a way that from a, a conventional perspective,
1: yes.
0: we could have hashed through that question. Who yeah. are we being invited to be? Let's map it out and, okay. uh, you know, like uh, analyze it. Yeah. And actually, there's something about tuning into the, the kind of um, the, the livingness of that question. Yeah. And how not only that through through living it, it can transform us, but it's like within the question is the energy, the intelligence, perhaps that's being we're being invited to, um, you know, allow to to kind of come through us more. Um, you know, like if I tune into my heart, it perhaps is. This is that the heart is the place where, where I can kind of open and allow this to be here more. And I, it, it, you know, it like it brings a certain kind of intimacy yeah. and, um, and and resonance, which is quite touching. You know, and yeah. um, I think that might be one of the. The, the 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 I think this might be one of the things that's being invited. Just to, to add to that, and, and then I want to see what you think. is like purpose, I think, is another flavor of this sense of you know, these times are are like having us kind of stop, or maybe stops not the right, because I felt like I've been <laughs> kind of busier than ever in a sense, but at least to deeply question. Who am I? And what's this life that I live about? And it invites me into the, again, the the kind of, um, the living sense of what's my unique contribution in this time. And in a sense, like, how do I, how do I need to get out the way to allow that to, to kind of move through me? And I'm, I'm wondering about that. You know, you mentioned like um, conscious leadership and, I, and, and higher self. And I wonder, sometimes I wonder if I live in my own bubble, you know, and I talk to people who feel this way too, but do you, um, what do you think about what I'm saying for one, yeah. you know, feel free to riff and, but also what do you think leaders would say? Like, cause <laughs> you know, <laughs> they might be like, yeah, that's all just fluffy woo-woo <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. And I've got like a thousand people to, to yeah. lead
1: and um, their jobs and yeah 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 wow um I mean just firstly just to respond to you know it, it being in the room that feels so right you know you know I, f- I felt the intimacy with you sharing you know so that was very touching and and that sense of feeling a high sense of purpose showing up in this moment um, you know and that you know we, we shifted from talking about being in which is exactly know what i think this shift is about showing up here so that feels very touching um that it's here you know the sense of purpose the relate the creativity that comes you know and and just us being in our authentic selves so i think that really resonates um to continue to riff so i'll go with what's coming up in me um is you know I, i i think that that kind of turning point, that question that you talked about, the who am I question, which is the very post-conventional question that brings you into yourself in your most deepest way or your highest way. Um, And I think that feels like the question for individuals. We talked about the societal question about who we are. um, And I think that's the post-conventional question is, who am I? What am I showing up? And I see the grapple, you know, in myself sometimes, but, but also in leaders. So there are those who go, look, I ain't got time for this because I've got to, you know, show me the way to get through, give me the best results that I can get, you know, and you kind of go, oh, you know, how do I just slow down and be present and call that out? Um, and there are many who are in crisis who are open and who are going something else here. Um, and maybe I'll bring our previous conversation into this dialogue. Just personally, um, Joe, i you know, what we were talking about around leaders who are waking up to something bigger than themselves, you know, it still feels like it's kept under the radar because, you know, business culture is not kind of open to that. It's quite split from our spirit, our being. Um, Yet it's showing up through values, through purpose, through authentic leadership. So it's kind of creeping in uh, anyway, you know, and then the stats are showing actually if you do hold compassion for your people, it actually does work. So it's creeping in. Um, the language is still not there but leaders I noticed there is a there are a lot of leaders who I've worked with who bring that dimension of their you know for want of a better word their spirituality their being their presence um, and feel safe enough to talk about it in the coaching but then don't get explicit about it so you know something for me is how do we allow that dialogue to open up into the workplace you know so to go beyond authentic leadership and purpose you know and But start talking about, you know, even beyond that to who are you? What is true for you? You know, what is your calling in this organization? You know, so to move from purpose to calling. And that starts to feel really juicy. Are there leaders like that from my experience? I I find many um, that I coach um, working in this space, or, you know, when we're doing leadership stuff, someone will come and have a little chat and I'll go, wow, did you know? You know, this is something I'm really passionate about and suddenly we're, we're having a big, rich, deep and meaningful. But I think the barriers in organisations are, you know, at the moment strong so that those conversations don't break out those individual kind of corners. Um, as a percentage, I don't know, you know, why? it's. I, I wonder how much, because I'm open to it, kind of attract that conversation. So I have a very biased view of, yeah, of course people are. Um But I would also say from, you know, from experience of talking to others, it seems like there is more openness to this, you know, and I'd love for that to continue and start to kind of be more of a dialogue that gets open in businesses as well. Mm -hmm. But I know, Gerald, you've got your own kind of experience of that. So I'd love to hear your uh, connection to that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... um... I I, I, again like I seem to attract of course as we do I attract people who um, like the way I work and think about things and so um, you know they're naturally open to um, I think two two streams that seem to be really drawing people one is like presence so which is a word that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of people but it's like some sense like how can I? I'm, I'm bigger than who I think I am on a, ph- a phenomenological level. So very practical. It's like uh, people who are like, okay, I feel what happens when I when I kind of expand a lot of out of being identified with my thinking inside my head. You know, it's like this yeah. kind of like tension often people feel, and um, that that kind of thinking self. Yes. Is, is very much oriented to like maintaining homeostasis or, you know, control and yeah. is scanning for threat and, mm-hmm. you know, problem solving. Yeah. And so they feel the shift when they, they shift out um, as, um, you know, as they, for example, begin to source themselves from an awareness based sense yeah. of self. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are many great tools and people are really open, more and more open to that. It seems to be getting easier for people. And they're, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, my whole physiology changes. My nervous system relaxes. Yeah. Uh, I'm more open to the unknown and uncertainty. Yeah. And um, thinking starts to become a sense yeah. that I can harness rather than who I am. And it's, yeah. um, there are so many benefits to that. And then I think another stream is this thing you just beautifully described. It's like, what's calling me. Mm-hmm. So there's like that spaciousness that comes from the presence work can actually then allow somebody to tune into what's calling me or what's calling us as a team or as, as a company more um, accurately. Like it's like, if I'm just caught up in the busyness and the noise and my nervous system's full of cortisol and I'm yeah. pumped up, it's like, I'm I'm in that hamster wheel. So they, so they open and and become more present. And it's like not cultivating presence, but recognizing I am presence. That's Mm. an important shift. And then they can allow this sense of what's calling me to kind of come in as a kind of um, knowingness or a sense of insight and inspiration. And um, I've seen that have amazing impacts on the way people show up as leaders. Yeah. Um, So, so that's what comes up, and I've also, you know, I have stepped a bit more away from working in some organizations where, you know, the 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 people just seemed less um, yeah. interested in that, you know. Yeah. So, and I, I, I didn't. Yeah. I'm aware I'm in a bit of a bubble, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. thing that connects to me is, that, you know, that there's the, the these two ways in which um, this shows up you know and i look at for example with google where they've got the search inside yourself um you know course that they do the whole organization often gets booked and it's very much about mindfulness and how do i step back to my sense of passion and purpose so i see those things starting to show up very clearly Um, and just connecting back to mindset and you know as, as people start to let go of those you know fixed worldviews and the kind of control or the safety creating worldviews that we learned to adapt when we were younger um you know as they loosen something you know something goes aha there's something here you know it's more than just what I thought and so there's almost this journey and each time you loosen you know something else starts to become available to you and and then you know you're almost on that path of you know no return you've taken the blue pill you know and you're now down you know and I, I, I noticed you know I had a dialogue with a few uh, leaders who became coaches and, and once you start that journey it starts to strip away at you you know and it's frustrating because you, you wanna you wanna have the nirvana but actually there's the actually you've got to work through those patterns and you've got to let go and each time yes it's difficult and then you find something deeper truer. Um, So coming back to the the point about, um, I think there were two here, actually. One is about, you know, is it fluffy for leaders? Um, And the other one is, you know, around organisations allowing this dialogue to happen. I think with leaders, I think as the self-development journey starts to take shape, take root, I think it naturally moves to this place of presence. You know, it's it's the only way to go because like all coaching schools are about, awareness building, you know, but the ICF's core competencies are now a little bit more about perception and mindset and um, perspective taking. So, you know, you're, you're letting go of perspectives and each time you let go, something else has space to be present. Um, and I think organisations are now going, oh, this seems to be working. Compassion seems to be working. Um, and so, you know, you can't help but go, there's something greater kind of flooding into the system. Um, and there are those who are not up for it. I agree. You know, there are those who go uh-uh, happy with my way. It's safe. It works. But I think that's getting rocked this year, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is back to our conversation.
0: I'm, I'm going to call myself out here because actually um, when I say that question to you about, is it fluffy? What it points right. to in me is there, there's a place where it's, there's a compartmentalization, still or there's still identity around um fully l- owning my highest realizations yeah. around this work so yeah. so you know it's basically like i say like oh do you think it's fluffy it's like yeah i'm i'm, I'm like you know um it it kind of creates a little bit more safety you know uh, than actually fully landing inside of saying i'm i'm pretty fiercely dedicated to this work with my clients because i i i see the impact and that it's incredibly practical you know when somebody begins to as you described you know with your mindsets like when they can regulate themselves
1: yeah
0: and um and 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 become uh, better and better at shifting yeah. over time and then at the same time less and less takes them out of being in those empowered mindsets
1: and, Do you know, you know beautiful and I'm glad you're voicing this Joelle because I'm going to just give it a, a language that I've been reflecting on is this um, paradox that can be apparent around science versus spirit or being and you know I think that the psyche at the moment in western society is this spirit stuff is non-scientific it's fluffy you know it's a bit woo-woo um, and 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 then we get hooked into that and call it fluffy as so, a, yeah, yeah, we know it's a bit that. Um, but actually the, the, you know, the truth is that there is a real marriage of sciences, you know, ultimately the scientists were absolute inquirers about what's unfolding, you know, and then we're able to articulate it through math or physics or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think when I heard you say, actually this is what I'm dedicated to, she thought, oh yeah, that's maybe what we need to do is start owning that this is something very truthful. You know, there's something very real. You know, we don't know the answers, but that's part of the journey. And, and you know, there is a scientific inquiry in that, and that I'm open to the new. And if we can hold both and say, yeah. Um, but I think the zeitgeist almost in, in organizations is woo-woo. So we'll kind of align with that. So I love you naming, actually I'm dedicated to this. And I think you know, some of the research around it shows the symptoms of those uh, ways of being are really powerful, um, you know, even explicitly, actually, that, that there's something else that was pre the, the book we talked about, uh, um, it's got pause now, but it was investigating the, 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 the um the, the science of spirituality and, and how businesses, and I can share this because this is not, um, some of these are our clients, but I won't voice which ones, but it's in the public domain. But organisations like L'Oreal, Xerox actually took a very explicit perspective around, we're going to bring this woo-woo stuff into the way we operate or into the way we create. You know So Xerox created the, an eco-friendly copier, I think it was, um, and then it had a great success in the marketplace. So I think those who are starting to go, actually, we can have this and it works for business, you know, and there isn't a contradiction or one's this and one's that. They both work hand in hand. And the more we stand, you know, work our own system patterns in us. you know, I wonder how that shows up differently in society, too. Mm,
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, um, Well, well, I feel very invigorated from this conversation (laughs) and. (laughs) I'm I'm wondering if like there's something you might want an invitation you might want to make to coaches listening, you know that might be evoked from our conversation today, or you know if you could just say something to them. Feel free not to, but
1: yeah, um, no. You know, I'm going to start with a a weird invitation, which is you know if those interested in the book, I want to start with don't buy it if you want to read it as a you know this is going to give me some answers you know it really is a book that is an inquiry you know do the questions that, that the way we've set it up is lots of coaching questions for yourself first and then how can you use these questions you know when you're working with your clients and it can feel a bit directive in the first instance because it's sharing some of the skills but you know once they're in you then you open up so that's the first thing I'd say is uh, not to buy the book if it's for that reason and But the second thing is just sparked by our conversation, Joelle, is that just the invitation to keep um, working our own presence, you know, so that we are in service to what seems to be shifting so that we become part of that change in our being, you know, including this kind of owning our fluffiness as part of, you know, the the power that it brings with change. So I think that would be my call to myself to 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 people listening in Uh, because i noticed that's when some of our coaches do their best work you know that's when i show up in the room and something happens and i go where did that come from Um, and it isn't me it's you know it's because i was just open to it and so that would be the other invitation i think there's an intelligence that shows up through us through presence we can open up to it so just be almost like a prayer to us all um you know a, a wish
0: And just to, um, I was going to bring it to close, but I just want to, something you said there, which Mm -hmm. I think is really important. Like I know you're um, uh, inspired by Almas's work and um, I'm greatly so too. And um, this sense of like, as we cultivate presence where we don't need to control the outcome of the coaching, you know, as we can go in as a coach and, um, I don't need to make the client go through my method, but I can yeah. sit in confidence and allow the dynamic intelligence of the moment to kind of move through, yeah. uh, and 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 that's where the growth and insights and realizations come from. You know that I that I actually create a container yeah. for that to happen. You know, and and I can model that for my for my client, you know, that I can say, I don't know where we're going to go right now, yeah, yeah. but I know that will take us somewhere much more powerful than if I try to get you to a certain place, yeah. maybe based on my need to be a good coach or <laughs> get value. But that, that, that allowing that intelligence to start working, I think that's, a, that's one of the key capacities for
1: coaches to yeah. be able to um, harness, to be able to harness that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful connection, and you know, with Almas's work, it's it's a really interesting. You know, I know you know about his his one of his methods is inquiry, Um, and it's this really lovely dance. You know, something else that may have come into the room and is coming now is it's a dance of the masculine and the feminine. Like in your inquiry, you've got a question, you know, which has got a kind of a directionality to it, Um, and then there's the you know the femininity or you know which we have in us all you know, that just holds the space and is receptive and open. And it's that kind of in the meeting of both, something creates is my sense. And that's what I love about inquiry. And even with, you know, I notice with objective setting, which is the kind of traditional, we set the goal. But I notice when we really pay attention um, to, you know, Feedback360, what's showing up in their development journey and get inquisitive, actually, we, we kind of catch... The intelligence of the development and and then can start to articulate it and i noticed the deeper we go into that you know the, the more we feel like ah, oh, that's where you're going and you've come to this coaching for that part this part of your journey and so there's this paradox of there isn't a goal but there is something emerging in your direction um and, and then how do you hold both you know the, the directionality and the receptivity to whatever shows up so and I know we could have another yeah. hour on this as well, Joel. So yeah,
0: um, well, let, let's, um, let's, yeah. let's do that at some point, you know, like I, I actually would um, I think I'd love to talk with you about this topic because um, yeah. it's really important. So, but yeah, um, yeah we're going to kind of wrap it up here and um, yeah, uh, tell us about where we can find out about your work, about your book, you know, like, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the book, I don't think you've named the, the title of the book. So it's called the four, it's a, it's a very conventional title. I should warn you about that. It's four greatest coaching conversations. You get that from Amazon. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn, which I'd love to connect with people who want to know more about what we've talked about. Just, you know, so Kareem Hirani, um, you can see it on the page. Um, and feel free to find me and, and our company is bts.com. You know, and if you look at the coaching part forward slash coaching, so different ways, but yeah, I'd love to just hear from people if they're interested to open up dialogue around this. Great. Thanks yeah. so
0: much, Kareem. Okay. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate that. I hope you are well and be well until the next podcast comes out. Again, if you feel like sharing this podcast, I think it's got some rich information inside of it that maybe inspires coaches, then you can do so by heading to coachesrising.com forward slash podcast. You can find the individual podcast page there and then scroll down. You'll find the share button. If you're not on our mailing list and you want to stay in the loop about the other resources we create and the programs we create, online training programs we've been doing for over a decade now, then go to coachesrising.com coachesrising.com and uh, scroll down the page there you'll find a sign up box and then we'll be back again soon we've got some really cool guests coming up so stay tuned for that be well